Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marts and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome back to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. I am Martin Lestraps, and I am freshly back from Kamikaze. Uh, I recently attended Stanley's 2014 Kamikaze, which is the premier comic book convention in Los Angeles. And I didn't go by myself. I attended Kamikaze with comic book expert Anthony Ray Bench. So the the official comic book expert of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour was my companion at Kamikaze, which was great because this was my very first uh, opportunity to go to a comic book convention of any sort, let alone Kamikaze. Now, uh, as you're listening to this particular episode, uh, this particular episode, it's about a week removed. Uh, But the actual convention, for anybody keeping score, anybody who actually wants to know, uh, it took place Halloween weekend. So Halloween was on a Friday. So it was on uh, October 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd. So that those three days of that particular weekend was Stanley's 2014 Kamikaze. Now, there's a whole lot of show coming up because uh, actually uh, Anthony and I, we recorded for the podcast for for a couple for for much of the weekend basically so uh so right now i'm just doing a very brief intro to to get you up to speed and then from there i'm gonna i'm gonna take you back in time uh about a week back in time uh to to hear anthony anthony and i talking about kamikaze so this particular episode you're about to hear it takes place in three segments Segment one is Anthony and I on the road driving to Kamikaze. And so the primarily what's happening in that segment is you're going to hear me being very excited, like a little kid going to Disneyland for the first time, uh, as Anthony and I talk about uh, what, can, what, what I can expect at the convention. Uh, the second segment of this particular episode, it's going to be Anthony, myself, and uh, R.C. Samo. Uh, R.C. Samo, pardon me. He is the the founder as well as the editor-in-chief of FanboyNation.com. So the three of us are in the middle of Kamikaze, and we're having a conversation about uh, our day of, on that particular Saturday. And then the third segment of this episode is Anthony and myself driving home from Kamikaze and reflecting on our time at the at the comic book convention. You know, when you record in a moving car... You know, there's there's going to be a lot of background noise that we had no control over. So you can still hear Anthony and I talking. You can hear our conversation, but it's not going to sound like I sound like right now, where I'm in a very quiet room talking into a microphone. Uh, but that said, uh, hopefully you're not too put off by that. Uh, if you are, then, you know, whatever. I can't do much about it. But for those of you who are brave enough to not care about the background noise and just want to hear the conversation between myself and comic book expert Anthony Ray Bench, then you go on ahead and you keep listening because I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Um, goodness. Anything else? I guess that's about it. Well, 
If all of that sounds good to you, then let's move on with the show. I'm sitting here riding shotgun at uh, 7, no, 8, 8.09 in the a.m. on November 1st. It's the day after Halloween. It's too damn early. <laughs> it's too damn early. It's too damn early. I'm, I'm thrilled to be awake because I am riding shotgun on the road next to the official comic book expert of the Marshall's Grab Show podcast hour. My buddy, you know him. He's Mr. Anthony Ray Bench. And Anthony, I, I, I'm too excited to say it. You tell the folks where we're going. We are going to Kamikaze 2014. Kamikaze 2014. I couldn't let you finish. In Los Angeles, in, California. <laughs> I'm too excited. <laughs> uh, this is, you're an old pro. You do this all the time. You, you go to Comic-Cons like every other day. Yeah. This is, this is nothing to you. This, this is my very first comic book convention of any of any sort. In fact, when I when I go to the comic book store, I pretend that I'm going to a comic con <laughs> just so I can feel good about the experience. This is the first one, and I'm, I'm I couldn't be more thrilled. Right this second, just for the listeners, I don't know if you know this, we are driving by uh, West Valley uh, uh, the West Valley Detention Center. Basically, it's our local prison. Uh, so right now, not a uh, hundred or so yards away from us, there's some very dangerous men and women. Just in case you weren't aware of them. Nothing uh, on the level of the danger that comes with a uh, hungry cosplayer. Oh, good. <laughs> hungry cosplayer. I thought you were referring to us getting breakfast. I was like, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Let's totally do that. <laughs> but anyway, for the li- you, you don't care about our breakfast plans. You care about the 2014 comic Stan Lee's Kamikaze. Is that the, the official title? That's Stan- the official official title. He has I, his grubby hands and everything like this. I still can't believe Stan Lee invited us personally. <laughs> I mean, that's what you told I haven't seen the invitations, but you told me. I either I either dreamt about it or you literally told me that Stan Lee personally, he said, I want those two guys. I want I want Martin Lestrapes. He didn't get my name right, yeah, but I could live with he's old. But it's the fact that he referenced me at all. So I want Martin Lestrapes and Ray Anthony Banch. He didn't get either of our names right, but the invitations were in the mail, and that's that's what's amazing to me. He he approved our pro registration. Yeah. Himself, he stamped it, and we're we're good to go. Yeah, that's the other thing I, I forgot to mention that uh, you and I both, more importantly me, because I I couldn't believe they actually did it. They approved me for uh, what 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 is it? Professional registration. I'm gonna get a professional a pro yep. badge. Pro badge. I'm gonna walk into the 2014 Kamikaze, and they're gonna regard me as a professional who belongs there. Little do they know. Okay, so I don't know what to expect. Okay. I'm, I'm excited either way. But you're a pro. What can you? T- what what should I? Not only what should I expect. Is there anything that I can do to prepare? Is it too late for me to prepare for this event? Uh, unfortunately, I think it is too late Shit. because we are in the car Shit. and we are on the way. <laughs> um, things to prepare for comic book conventions. Uh, looking at the schedule. Uh, yes. That's a big thing, and I haven't looked at the schedule. I know there's some panels that I'm uh, I'm involved with, uh, but other than that, like you know, I I, I really should study the, the schedule. Here's the funny thing about that. Uh, I, like, over the last couple of days, I was looking at the schedule, and I was looking at different 
different panels and different workshops and different things, whatever. And I literally more than once had the thought of like, you know what? Anthony's going to take care of the schedule. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about anything. Uh, Anthony's got the schedule no. worked out. I'm just going to follow him. He's going to tell me exactly what we're doing. Usually I do. Usually I do. But I really dropped the ball this year just because, you know, a lot That's of right. a lot of things have been coming up. I got into two ac- car accidents within like four months. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not on my game, unfortunately. But um, I love this weather. Yeah. It's finally raining. But, um... Look at the schedule, uh, make preparations, always carry a backpack, which I totally should have just been like, hey, grab a backpack. But I have an extra backpack, so you can, nice. you're more than welcome to use it. Um, it's, it's empty. So. I almost definitely will. Um, who are you, uh, is, there, is there anything or anybody you're excited to, to meet or experience today at Kamikaze? Uh, no, because I didn't look at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, today I think uh, what it, what it's going to be about is basically you. Um, I do have some panels that um, I'm going to be involved in. Uh, two Fanboy Nation panels. Uh, Fanboy Nation's website I work for, and uh, I want to check out and support Comics on Comics or boys of Comics on Comics. Totally, yeah. Um, other than that. I mean, you know, we, we do have, a, Fanboy Nation does have a uh, interview scheduled with uh, Run DMC. Oh, yeah. Nice. So we could totally meet Run DMC. I would love to meet Run DMC. Let's, let's do it. Um, you know, I, I think a majority of the day is just going to be us walking around the floor. Sweet. Meeting people. With uh, our pro badges. With our pro badges. Now, even though Stan Lee invited us personally, oh, yeah. you told me. What are the odds that we'll actually meet him today at Kamikaze? Uh, you know, I've, I've never met Stan Lee at a convention. I've certainly seen him, walked by him, uh-huh. but he's always surrounded by securities because uh, security because the guy is like 91, 92 years oh, old. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and there's a lot of crazy fans out there, so oh, it's good that yeah. he, he, you know, keeps himself protected. Um, but, you know, there's always signings going on. There's always like, hey, you know, if you buy this special Marvel collector's book for 50 bucks you can get a uh, you know a ticket and it looks it's a free or not free but like a, a Stan Lee signing included that sort of thing um, you know it could be a, right. we stumble into a raffle uh, have you heard of the movie The Room? I've heard of it okay uh, I, I have to mention this it's one of the it's like critically panned one of the worst movies of all time people have kind of turned it into like a, a cult comedy uh-huh. uh, and Tommy Wiseau the guy that directed wrote it uh, uh, produced it executive produced it like he has his fingers all over the stink of the movie yeah. he's there with a booth and I went to the booth and I bought the movie and uh, he hands me a raffle ticket and he's like uh, you know hey come back for the raffle uh you might win uh, a pair of underwear or a basketball. <laughs> like, Jesus, that's that's the best, like, that's the best prize you can come up with. A pair of underwear with your face on it or a basketball. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to take you by that booth and you should see it. You should just experience oh my God, yes. that case. Please do. Uh, how about this? Uh, what are the odds that we will meet... Elvira. Um, well, uh, how 
much time do you want to spend in line? Uh, I, I know that you know she does have quite a, a quite a big line. Uh, last year, uh, Weird Al had a big line too. He was there. Oh, cool. But you know, I, I'm the patient kind. Like, if I really want to meet somebody or if I really want something, I'll wait in line for hours. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of other people aren't that way, but certainly, like, if you want to meet Elvira and we have some downtime, which I, I, a majority of our time, I think, is going to be downtime, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, like, generally, like, if I, like, if I, like when I go to Disneyland, mm-hmm. I get really impatient about waiting in line, but I think it's also because, because I've been, because, you know, growing up in Southern California, we kind of have, like, the privilege of going to Disneyland whenever we want, um, so, I've, so, so I've been going since I was a kid. But Kamikaze, because it's an event that I've never been to and it's an experience I've never had, yeah. uh, I think I'm, I'm going to have plenty of patience because it's all going to be new and exciting. We're, we're going to play a game. It's called the Eddie Challenge. Okay. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We are going to... Well, actually, you're going to. I'm not going to do this. I, <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think it would be a lot better uh, uh, if, if I didn't participate. Uh, snap a picture of Blue Ferrigno while he sits at his booth, <laughs> and you know, let we'll, we'll just see how he reacts to that. that. That'll be the Eddie challenge. Okay, well now you're making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> see, there's initiations to this. Oh, uh, God. I, I have to say, like, ever since the first Comic Con I went to, like, I had such a blast at the first Comic Con that, like, I almost started building up like uh, rituals. Like, you know, oh, we'll eat at this place on this night, or, you know, uh, we'll listen to this song, I, my official Comic-Con song, uh, for Comic-Con, not Comic-Con, not for any other convention, just Comic-Con, is uh, St. Elmo's Fire, uh, Man in Motion by John Parr. Okay. Uh, there's a little funny story where uh, we were road tripping to Comic-Con, me, my buddy Adam, my buddy Vincent, and Vincent was, like, really into 80s metal, like, 80s type music, poison and all that. It plays a song on one of his mixtapes or mix CDs. And I'm just like, this song is amazing. Like, can we like just listen to it over and over and over again until I know the lyrics so I can sing along? So we listen to it for about four hours on repeat. <laughs> so every time I go to Comic-Con, that song's like the theme song, man. Like I really like hold to it. I'm just, you know, we are the brotherhood of the St. Elmo's fire. <laughs> yeah, and also as a side note, that's not crazy at all. Awesome. Okay. I was a little worried. Um, but yeah, uh, my buddy Eddie, uh, one year, snapped a picture of Luke Fregno, and Luke Fregno looked like he was going to hop over the stable and rip my buddy Eddie's head off. Um, there's a place I like to call it. It's kind of mean for me to call it uh, this, but I call it Washout Alley. And I only call it Washout Alley because the people at the booths are just really, really mean. Uh, Lou Ferrigno is one of those people that, you know, is really, really mean, unfortunately. I kind of heard that. Uh, my mom walked up to him, you know, and was just like, hey, can I get a picture? My mom doesn't know anything about, like, con etiquette. Like, she was just a woman that, you know, kind of got dra- dragged into it by her son. Yeah. And he's just like, $40. My mom's like, eh, no, thank you. And she walks off. Like, that's, like, the... the fan interaction he couldn't just you know have been nice about it and like yeah. you know uh you know unfortunately or fortunately I, or i make a living doing this so you know unfortunately i have to charge but yeah. you know yeah it's nice meeting you 
Yeah, like you could have said, listen, you know, I nobody's hired me since 1978, <laughs> uh, with the exception of two or three made-for-TV movies on NBC in the in the mid '80s that that Martin and Anthony watched when they were kids, but they didn't buy tickets. That was on NBC. I've not gotten a paycheck for playing the Hulk since then. So charging forty dollars a picture and telling make my living. Listen, if it was up to me, if I had my brother's man. I would take three pictures with you, and I would only charge you for two of them. But unfortunately, I do have representation here. I represent myself, but I have representation because I haven't had an agent since 1976. It's a long story. Uh, so that's the reason. Again, I believe me. I completely. If I, in fact, well, here's what we can do. It's the least I can do. We can take a, a selfie, no camera. But what I'll do. Is I'll, I'll hold a pretend camera in my hand and I'll make the click sound like like click. a click, and then you know, and then we'll have we'll have that picture, we'll have that that moment. I can do that. I believe me, if I could do more, you know I would. And then your mom would reply to him, and he would say, "What was that?" Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. No, um, Cindy Morgan, uh, she was the woman who uh, was in Tron. Uh, she was in Caddyshack. She was the hot blonde. Oh, okay. Uh, she's, you know, one of the regulars. Uh, and she's very nice. Um, you know, it, ultimately, like, she's one of those people that you can walk up to her and just be like, I'm a fan of Tron. She's like, you know, thank you. She isn't like, you know, this picture's $15. If you're not going to buy it, <laughs> scram. Uh, I hear that the guy who played Boomer in the original Battlestar Galactica is kind of mean. Um, and very kind of to the point, like, you know, I'll talk to you, but you have to buy a picture. Um, Peter Mayhew, the guy who played Chewbacca, super nice guy. Super awesome guy. Um, but, you know, like, I, I just, I feel bad paying for autographs. Because, yeah. you know, like, I understand, like, here's what you do to, uh, to avoid people selling your autograph online. Just ask him, what's your name? I'll sign it to you. That way it's hard to sell something, you know, yeah. that's personalized. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like if somebody other than me named Anthony wants my autograph, you know, of whatever, like they could find it. And I'm sure there's, you know, some kind of eBay, like, selection where you can... That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, do you love Lou Ferrigno and is your name Anthony? If so, I've got a picture for you right now. The bidding starts at... 99 cents. So. Yeah, it, I don't know, like, I, I, I understand that a lot of people don't want their stuff, like, sold from, for extreme amounts of money, if they, unless they're getting a cut. Right. So that's why autographs are, like, 25 bucks and everything like that. Ultimately, how much does it cost to print a headshot? Yeah. How much does it cost to, uh, you know, buy a Sharpie? Now, because I've, I've heard about, uh, I've heard about... You know, a lot of these conventions where there 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 does seem to be almost like a like a subculture of people who you know they used to be famous but they they played some either they were an iconic character or they were part of an iconic show or movie and so that gives them enough credibility to to kind of do this thing and yet they they're also assholes like there's a sub there's a subculture of people who used to be famous who were like assholes but they keep doing it either like they keep getting invited or, or something well, it goes back to, to what William Shatner said, you know, on SNL, like, get a life. It's like, no, we're not going to get a life. We're fans. Why are you coming to these conventions if you don't want to talk about Star Trek? You know? Yeah. Like, 
are there people who uh, actually look forward to like the asshole former celebrities like oh fuck that dude I hear that dude's a dick I can't wait to meet him I don't know I certainly nobody I know a lot of people are just kind of like you know we avoid that that area of the con like you know because we, we basically you know it, we want to talk to these people we want to interact with them we want to ask them questions but we don't want to feel pressured into buying a picture for 25 bucks yeah you know, and unfortunately, that's just the way things are. Um, did you ever hear, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but Tom F. Wilson, the guy that played uh, uh, Biff in Back to the Future? I, uh, okay, he, I know. He did a song about going to a convention and just, like, signing up a booth and, like, looking over and just, you know, realizing that these people, like, this is their job to sit there and, and sign autographs for people. Yeah. And he was just like, man, like, I, I want more out of life. I want more out of my career. Um, you know, like it, Yeah, did he ever get more? He's a, a I hope so, by the he's way He's an accomplished comedian He's, he's oh, no way. very funny uh, And very, um, you know it, Not so much with the acting He was in an awesome uh, Series of uh, PC games Called the Wing, Wing Commander okay. With Mark Hamill And, uh, you know, I kind of geeked out over that uh, I met him at Sideshow when I worked at Sideshow. Uh, who hasn't been in a video game with Mark Hamill, by the way? Yeah, for doesn't, real. Doesn't he do the voice for every single video game and cartoon? Pretty much. You know, I with all due respect, by the way, I'm not. I'm not complaining. Oh, uh, Mark Hamill's awesome. Yeah. I, I've never met him in person, but like, I don't, I don't see how like I could be disappointed. Yeah. It, you know, and also I'm not one of those fans that like you know super geek out. So when I met Tom F. Wilson, I wasn't like, you're a big of the future, oh, call me Button. <laughs> I was just like, I'm a big fan. And that's all he needed to, to hear, you know. Yeah. And he was very, very cool and very gracious. Um, you know, so that's that's another piece of advice. If you're going to meet people that, you know, you're, you're going to geek out over, kind of compose yourself first, like mentally prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, almost maybe even rehearse like a speech in your head to just, you know. And if they're cool about you geeking out, like, they'll let you know, because they'll geek out with you. It'll just be like, you know, dude, like, and he totally didn't do this, I'm just using this as a, uh, as an example, like, hey, remember when I played Biff? Wasn't that cool, right? Right? Ah! You know, um, but then there's the people that, you know, are kind of like William Shatner and, and uh, Leonard Nimoy in the 70s and 80s, yeah. where they're just like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it, don't ask me questions, I just, it's just a job. Uh, Who's the? Uh, I I can't think of the, the character's name. But it's the, in the in the Godfather, one of the very first scenes when it's at the uh, you know at, at the wedding, and he's like one of the Godfathers, like uh, one of his muscle guys, and he's practicing you know his speech to, to talk to the Godfather to, to thank him for inviting him to his daughter's wedding. Uh, I can't remember. I, but I know I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that that's basically what I pictured as me, like sitting like like 20 feet away, and saying yo. Stanley, I want to thank you for the honor of inviting me to your kamikaze comic con convention comic book and thank you for stamping my pro registration yourself. Thank you for stamping my registration and I hope you and your wife have a child and may it be a masculine child. Don Lee. That's what I tell every all of my friends when I find out they're expecting. 
just like your first child being masculine child, like only like two or three have like understood where that reference comes from. <laughs> and then a few people thought that that reference came from Clerks 2 because that's something that Randall says to Dante. Oh, funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's always been a favorite of mine. I was about to say that I saw Clerks 2 for the first time, but I, that would have been a lie. I was thinking of uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Practice Back. I saw that a few months ago. Maybe about a year ago, actually. It's, it's a goofy, goofy movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I I grew up love, loving Conesmith and yeah. being a huge Conesmith fan, and I got the brilliant opportunity to work for him. Um, but ultimately, one of my jobs was to listen to his uh, podcasts yeah. and cut them into three segments and insert ads into those segments. Uh-huh. And if you listen to anybody's voice for like eight hours on end without getting paid, <laughs> even, you know, in some, uh, in sometimes uh, getting paid, it just, it, it's hard for me to watch Kevin Smith movies now. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even though he doesn't really talk in them, you can still like hear his uh, words through the dialogue. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's hard to listen to his podcast, and that's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I like his older movies. I liked Red State. Um, I like Red State, yeah. I even, I even like Jersey Girl. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. And interesting uh, tidbit about Jersey Girl, uh, Chris Ryle, the editor-in-chief at IDW Publishing, uh, my old boss, because I was an intern at IDW Publishing, he's in that movie. Oh, no way. And he was in the second episode of the first season of uh, Power Rangers. Oh, that's awesome. Bulk and Skull dump a trash can on them. <laughs> I've, uh, I've only seen a, a, a few scenes from Jersey Girl, but I, to, to be honest with you, I didn't have a problem with it. I was like, oh, this is way better than I've... Than I've and it could be that I've just heard so much shit about it, but I was like, this isn't that bad. Oh, the thing that people had against it was it wasn't a Kevin Smith movie. Oh, sure. It wasn't a Kevin Smith movie. Well, he was trying something different. Yeah. I still see his influence in that movie. Yeah. There just isn't a lot of cursing. There's a lot of, you know, uh, explicit seen, sexual stuff. I haven't seen Tusk yet, but I want to. I wanted to see Tusk too, but the uh, the girl I'm seeing, like, every opportunity I had to see the movie, she was with me. And she was just like, you know, I don't want to see, uh, you know, gory movies. Like, I kind of have to prepare myself for that. Uh, and I'm like, oh. And then I was like, well, you know, I'll just see it, you know one of these days where, you know, she's not around, and then it had such a short theatrical release yeah. where I didn't get a chance. I, I would love to see it. I, yeah. I have friends that worked on that movie, so... I think it's still playing by me, honestly. I really? Think like, I think there's one or two theaters that might still be playing, at least as recently as... Yeah, yeah, Chanel and I went to the movies earlier this week, and I still, I feel like it was still there. Yeah. Uh, if it is, you should come on out, and we'll, we'll go watch it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I... I, I'm not afraid of gore. I love gore. Yeah. I love gory movies. Um, and one of the things that is great about Kamikaze is they have that subculture as well. Nice. Like, you know, they have the cheesy gore movies. They have, you know, uh, stars from, like, movies from the 70s and 80s where it's just like, you know, that's awesome. And they're always, the the horror actors and directors and, and writers and, and people that work in the horror industry, uh, as far as film goes... Um, they're always excited to talk to you about it. It's never like, yeah, I did that 20 years ago. That's Get over awesome. it. They're always like, yeah, I hear even John Carpenter will like, you know, be really, really gracious and cool about people uh, geeking out over his movies. That's I would love awesome. to meet John Carpenter. Okay, I have to. Okay, so we are 
now I'm getting giddy. <laughs> we are approaching, we, we, are, we are making our way to downtown Los Angeles. Right out in front of us, we can see what, I, what would be considered the Los Angeles skyline. I don't know if it's considered that, but we can see basically the, the, the buildings and the high rises. Do we have skyscrapers? I don't know if that's only a New York thing. That, is no, there, is the, there, those count as skyscrapers. Yeah, and so it's right in front of us, which means that uh, we are mere minutes, minutes away from Stan Lee's 2014 Kamikaze. God damn it, I'm excited. Well, let me let, let me ask you this, Anthony. Why don't I'll get your thoughts on it? I don't want to make an executive decision. Why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap up the road trip version, uh, the, not the road trip version, the road trip segment of uh, of this conversation? And the next time the listeners hear our voices, we will be waist deep in Stanley's Kamikaze, and we will we'll, we'll talk about whatever whatever we've experienced up to that. Point. What do you think about that? Sounds good. All right, gang. Well, uh, you'll, you'll hear us in about a second, but uh, for us it'll probably be a couple hours. So. And we're not going to speak to each other off the air. Yeah, we're going to be dead silent. Dead silence. I can't wait to hear from you again in a few hours. <laughs> I'm R.C. Samo, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Nation. And uh, I'm, I'm still Martin. We're still with the Anthony here. And we are, uh, what time is it? I know you're it is 4 o'clock. So yeah, jeez. 4 o'clock. We've been, at, we've been here at Kamikaze since, uh, we got here, what, at 9? Yeah. We've almost put in an 8-hour workday. Yeah. Almost. Uh, and so, well for, well, for me, I'm, I'm the newbie. This is my first Comic-Con of any sort uh, at all. Uh, so I'm having a good time, but I'm curious how, how you guys are enjoying it. The day started out feeling so long, and I remember we were on the floor, because everything's kind of in a haze right now, but we were on the floor, and I looked down, and I was just like, I told you, I was like, oh, it's just one. And from that moment, like, just seemed like a super blur to, like, I looked down at the clock, and I was like, it's four o'clock already? What? Where did that go? Okay. I'm so, impressed you got a Green Lantern ring. Where'd you Where'd you pick that one up at? I've been wearing it all day. I haven't noticed. It's, it's from my personal collection. I have like yeah. a drawer full of them. Oh, okay. I love Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, how, how many? Do you even know how many cons you've been to? Oh man, I've been to God knows how many in the past couple of years. Just way too many to count. But this one was a good one so far. You know, we got to interview. Uh, Daryl McDaniels, aka DMC from Run DMC today. That was awesome. That was cool. That was super yeah. awesome. And I got, I got to I got to tag along. Yeah. And uh, and as far as he knew, I was part of the interview crew. You so were part was, of the entourage. He was very polite to me, like I like I like I was important, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't know if you guys got the same treatment, but uh, while he was talking, there was at least one one yeah. spittle came from his mouth, landed on on my lip, and I was totally fine with it. Yeah. You know, because you're there with King DMC. Yeah, yeah. And, and there yeah. was and you. He baptized us. And, and, yeah. and there was. I mean, I mean. If Run was here, it would have been baptism <laughs> by fire. Yeah. And you know, I just totally like he was. He was. You know, I, you know, you're a bigger fan than I am, so I wasn't sure. I don't know if he was freestyling, or if that was a. It was. It was. He was mixing in a bit of a freestyle with King of Rock. Yeah, and it was you know, so. just like like two two feet in front of us. Yeah. I was like, I I did I. When I woke up this morning, uh, I couldn't have guessed. And, and of course, I totally fanboy out and finished the line with him. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. Which was to- totally yeah. impressive. Yeah. Now, how do you, uh, well, I, I, was, I was just excited just to be there, but how do, how do you uh, set that up? You know, I walked up to him yesterday, 
I said, I said, D, you know, I, I brought my, I only found one of my CDs, my Run DMC CDs. I completely wore out the Raisin Hell album when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I was nine when I got it, you know, when it first came out. And I wore it out. And then, so I had um, Together Forever, Best of Run DMC, 83 to 91, Down with the King, and Crown, uh, Crown Royal that were the ones that were easy, easiest to access at the house, but I could only find this one. So I grabbed the best of CD, had him sign that. We took a couple of photos yesterday. I was like, what time do you want to do the interview? He's like, 12.30 tomorrow. All right, I'm here. Yeah. And people were like, and if you, were, if you had seen me yesterday, I was like a little kid. I was like, dude, I am hanging out with DMC. You know, I, I've never like, seen you smile bigger, dude. Like, honestly. That was like, yeah. and you know, he was so, I, I mean, like he was super cool, yeah. super charismatic, super mm-hmm. warm. And he, he had a certain, uh, I, well, for, for me, this I don't know, they get like this in- intangible sort of aura where it feels like, yeah, of course that dude's fucking famous and successful. Right. Like, it just, it just makes sense that that dude right. would make it. Whatever yeah. that is, he had it. He had it, man, you know, and whether it was forced early on or it was natural charisma, yeah. you know, he had, he has the it factor. You know, he changed the face of hip-hop. Yeah. Him and, him and Reverend Run changed everything they changed the entire game you know it wasn't the flashy costumes you know it wasn't rap trying to be rock anymore it was like look this is the way we dress in Hollis yeah you know so this is what we brought forth and then Public Enemy followed and this is the way we dress you know this is the way we dress in New York and this is the way we dress over here and you know and I love, other aspects came I, out of it. I love listening to him talk about comic books. Yeah, like he like he was a total genuine uh, comic book fan. It's not just this thing. And he said it more than once. It's not just a thing he's doing. Yeah, because you know he was famous in this other industry. He was like totally genuinely into it. Yeah, and the line he even said in the line of King of Rock, you know, I'm DJ Ron, I can scratch, and he finished the line. I'm DMC, I can draw. <laughs> I was like, that's what his thing was. So he drew the comic, he wrote the comic. It's you know, life inspired with a superhero twist. I'm looking forward to reading it. Oh, and I almost forgot there was a really wonderful moment where one of his representatives was, <laughs> was uh, yeah. trying to bring him back, I guess, to the table. Right. I don't know. And, uh, and just, just for half of a second, I mean, yeah. he, he was, I, it felt like he was being totally protective of you in the interview. Right. And just sort of like, you know, I, I, I forget his wording, I'll paraphrase. It was just like, you know, hold the fuck on. I'm going to finish this. Right. Yeah. But it was awesome. It was totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and the fact that it's DMC that's like giving me that much respect, that, know. you know, in the booth, I was like, wow, okay, you know, because I forget like all the people that we've talked to over the years, you know, like to me, it's just it's work at this point. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I talked to this person, this person, this person, and then you have your fanboy moments, like today, you know, today with D was one of them, but you know, you forget, and then like Anthony was saying, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I used to work for Kevin Smith, and people are like. What really? Anthony's like, yeah, whatever. I, I work there, you know, because to Anthony it was a job. Yeah. You know, I'm sure the first two weeks it's, oh my god, I'm working for Kevin Smith. Yeah, calling all my high school buddies, right. bragging about it. And now it's just, you know, casual conversation. I do use it to pick up chicks, though. It works for you. <laughs> yeah, and then six months later it's like, oh, I gotta edit another podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I totally, I totally blanked on a, on a. Deeping from from Brooklyn, I guess. So uh, it's from uh, Hollis Queens. Uh, so, yeah. from, uh, so when I told him, it's like again, he was being very nice to me, and he yeah. was kind of asking where I was from. I, I was thinking, well, what's the like the broadest term that I can give that he, he might recognize? So I said the Inland Empire, right. and he had no idea what I was talking about, right. but he was fascinated by it because so, it sounds like an amazing place. To, the Inland Empire, and I was like, yeah, you just drive through it to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I have to, I have to imagine, I have to believe that uh, in, in the in, in his entire life, 
I'm the first person in the world who's, who's, who's referenced the Inland Empire. To right. A, you to represented. And I feel, I feel, I feel good about yeah. that. Yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, we, we were actually... Uh, Until he does a show in Ontario and goes, <laughs> That son of a... <laughs> Oh, oh my God! And then the uh, the other one that I was totally I totally got to tag along with you guys with, uh, I've, I've missed her last miracle. Miracle Laurie, yeah, oh, from, from Dollhouse. From Dollhouse, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, and I'm a huge, huge Dollhouse mark. I just love Dollhouse. And like uh, like I learned earlier, like you guys, you're not a not a huge Joss Whedon fan yourself. Not very much. I mean, I've I've interviewed Joss. He's a super nice guy. You know, we we did a couple of uh, roundtables and and press junkets with him. Super nice guy, yeah. you know, but his work isn't my scene. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a Stallone guy when it comes to like <laughs> that, that, the that, macho aspect. Uh, it's like that. you know, life's gonna hit you and it's gonna hit you hard, and no one's gonna be there for you. You got to get up and and do it yourself. Yeah. And then Joss is like, oh well, the guy's gonna be secondary. And I was like, yeah. It's like okay, and then the girl has to go through the struggle, and all the majority of his female characters seem reactionary to me, not proactive. Yeah. You know, and I'm tired of the reactionary. It's like, well, it's a woman, something bad happened, now she has to step up. And it's like, just be who you are from the get-go. You know, like, like I told people, I was like, my mom survived two civil wars, my other aunt survived a revolution. I'm going to sit there and it's like, my, mouth, my mom used to always tell me, you have a mouth, use it. You know, talk. You got a problem, say something. So, like, to me, that's, you know, my strong woman characteristics that I've grown up with are my mom and my aunts and my grandmothers, you know, that were very strong women. It's like, just say what's on your mind. Who cares? You know, they like it, they like it. They don't, they don't. And then I talk to people here, and it's like, oh, you can't say that. Society says this and this. And I was like, what world did you grow up in? Because it's completely different than the one I did. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, actually, you were kind of talking about that in the, in the panel this morning. Yeah. And I was asking Anthony too. I'm, I'm, cur- I'm curious about how, um, like, you know, like when I see, like when I see everybody involved with the with the kamikaze, mm-hmm. it seems so cool to me. And like, I have no idea like how any of this comes together. So like, how, like how do you guys get involved with kamikaze? Uh, I met Regina at another convention. She was promoting kamikaze year two, and you know, so we were talking. And I, I interviewed Regina, and we became, uh, you know, we got on the press list for year two. And this is the fourth year of kamikaze, so three years in a row we've been here, with, you know, covering this event, and it's been fun the whole time. You know, no complaints. Super. Any? Uh, well, let me see. Uh, of the of the cons that you've been to. Mm-hmm. If there any, well, like I know, like on the drive up, Anthony was talking about how uh, this is probably his favorite con right now. Uh, San Diego, what were you saying? It's a little bit too crowded. It's a little too crowded, and you have to kind of really, really manage your time. Like, if you want to see a panel, you have to plan ahead, and you have to sacrifice another panel that you might see. And even, like, let's say you want to go to, like, you know, we just brought up Kevin Smith. You want to go to the Kevin Smith panel, and you also want to see. Um, the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000. And you're leaning more towards Mystery Science Theater 3000, but that line is packed around the block. So you run over and you know try to get in with Kevin Smith's panel, and that one's around the block too. So now you can't go to any panel. That problem isn't really, I mean, that isn't really an issue here at Kamikaze. No, not yet. Not I mean, yet. I'm yeah. sure it's a problem that they'd want to have. Yeah, but, but not me. You know, well, you're talking from a fan perspective. Yeah. You know, from the press perspective. The only perspective that matters. <laughs> from the press perspective, you know, we, we want to be able to get our interviews. We want to be able to, to talk to people. I prefer the smaller cons for stuff like that mm-hmm. because we got what twenty minutes w- with DMC. Yeah, you know, if we were in San Diego, we would have gotten here's two minutes, ask three questions, get out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
here, childhood hero, sitting right in front of me, invites me into his booth and is like, let's talk. You know, so the smaller conventions, even as fast as Kamikaze is growing, you're still able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the same information that I'd get here, I would never get at San Diego, you know, walking the floor. I mean, what I, with San Diego, I, Warner Brothers would have to call me. Let's use Warner Brothers, for example. So WB will have to call me. And then Cartoon Network, which is another subsidiary of, of AOL Time Warner. And all these other subsidiaries would be a, would be a part of it, you know. So you got to go through all that stuff. And they set it up for you, and then it's like you got ten minutes, you got fifteen minutes. You got to go to this hotel, you know, that's off the main site to do this interview over here, and, all. and it's just like okay, and it's cool because I'll, you know I get to do those interviews and stuff. But the problem is, is that you sit there and it's like you lose the intimacy of the crowd. So it's fun to do it in the booth because when you have the audio recording, you still hear the crowd interaction in the background, whereas you know you know that they're there for for the crowd, not. I'm here for the junket. I'm never going to hit the floor. Yeah. I mean, I've heard Channing Tatum hit the floor at San Diego a few times. You know, uh, I, I remember Hugh Jackman and a bunch of other guys. Walking uh, one way and walking the opposite direction with Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and surrounded by people. And there are people, like, reaching out to grab him. And I was just like, man, that, that's got to be rough. I, I would hate to, like be, you know, to that level of fame mm-hmm. where I couldn't walk around, where I couldn't, you know, shop at, for comic books and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, like, I, you know, people wear masks, like Simon Pegg was wearing a Stormtrooper outfit one year. You know, so there are ways around it, but still it would be just But still, hassle. the fact that you have to wear a full body yeah. costume and cover your face yeah. to, to walk the floor just to see what's up gets annoying after a while. Yeah. And then, okay, Simon Pegg's dressed up as a stormtrooper. Here's my credit card. Right, you're Simon Pegg. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. The so. best one that did that was uh, when... Um, I thought it was great that Hugh Jackman cosplayed Wolverine yeah. and everyone's like, you don't look like him. <laughs> and Brian Cranston yeah. did the Brian Cranston mask. Mask. Oh, that. Funny, yeah. And it was taking pictures of people because it looked like a real, like, Brian Cranston mask. Yeah. And just on the... Uh, the, uh, was the Breaking Bad panel? Or? Yeah, it was the panel. Itself. Yeah, it was the Breaking Bad panel. I was trying to figure out if it was the Godzilla or the Breaking Bad, but he ripped it off, and people were like, I took a picture with that guy. Right. That was Brian Cranston. I think that's that's really funny. Right. And, but what's his name? Uh, Andrew Garfield did that when he got yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Wore, the, wore the cheap $20 Halloween <laughs> costume, ran, ran around, used his American accent, yeah. peeled the mask off, and he's speaking perfect British English. And, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Did you hear how that went down? No. Okay, I, I wasn't there for it, but because uh, I got turned away, it was the first time I actually got turned away from a major panel that I wanted to see. Um, so apparently, uh, Ralph Garman was moderating the panel, and uh, he was like, you know, we'll we'll get this started, you know, right away. But first, you know, we're waiting for Andrew Garfield. All of a sudden, this kid just runs up and wearing a really really ragged Spider-Man costume. He's just like. Ralph, I, I just want you to, you know, I, I want to ask you guys questions. I, I, I love Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's my passion. Ralph Garman's like, oh, we have a panel to go, you know, like, just like, no, no, like, you, I, I got to tell you how much I love Spider-Man. I, I just, and Ralph Garman's like, you know, all right, come on, you know, like, we really can, can security kind of take care of this guy? And he takes off the mask, and it's Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and then he walked up to his stage and stuff like that. He, he was sitting next to somebody. <laughs> yeah, he sat next to some random little fan, and yeah. that was it. And, That's awesome. And when I say little fan, I'm not talking about, like, a nobody. I'm talking about, like, a little kid, yeah. you know. 
So people are like, he's just big leaguing everybody. No, this isn't big leaguing. It was actually a little <laughs> little person <laughs> or a child. Garfield is, is Spider Man. Say what you will about the movies, but man, that guy's awesome. I, I love that guy. Not, I, I like actually. I, I like the. Uh, I like the new Spider-Man movie. The I do too. The, uh, the Sam Raimi ones didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I'm in the minority with that too. But the thing, the, the thing is, is that <laughs> the thing is, is that they came out too soon. Uh, yes. You know, a reboot of uh, you know of uh, of the Spider-Man series came too soon. Yeah. You could have easily just gotten rid of Tobey Maguire and, and Raimi and go, all right, let's do Spider-Man Four. Mm-hmm. You know, or let's just call it Amazing Spider-Man, and then. You know, we didn't need another origin story. I'm tired of origin stories. 2020, we're getting a new Green Lantern movie. It's probably going to be another goddamn origin story. God forgive me for cursing. But, you know. <laughs> let's, uh, let's be you guess honest, though. It'll probably be John Stewart. I don't think they're going to do Hal Jordan again. They'll do Hal Jordan again. You think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know? But I think, I think, I honestly think John Stewart would be perfect for the Justice League movie. Yeah. I think it'd be perfect to do a Green Lantern core movie instead of a Green Lantern movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. But Warner Brother doesn't pay me anything, <laughs> so what does it matter? Yeah. I, I I always said that Jon Stewart would be great for the Justice League movie, but I want the solo movies to focus on Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan has a better personality than Jon Stewart, I think. Well, Jon Stewart's more the military guy, that's yeah. why. You know, he's a sergeant he's a sergeant in the Marines, wasn't he? Yeah. And you know, so it's very militaristic and not everyone wants to see the military, but I think it'd be great to focus on Jon Stewart, Kyle <laughs> Kyle Rayner and Guy yeah. Gardner in a, again, Green Lantern core movie. Because they all have different personalities. Mm. Uh, the, the reason why I'm kind of down on Jon Stewart is because of the way he wields the ring. It's very mm. technical. Mm. Uh, you know, Kyle Rayner is my favorite uh, Green Lantern because he's a comic book artist. Mm. So his, you know, constructs are inspired by, like, you know, anime and mechs and, you know, like, mm. giant big guns. And he flies around in a, uh, a private jet with a construct of a stewardess. Right. Or a uh, flight attendant, I mean. But, but see, my big thing with that is, is that, okay, so they rebooted the whole DC 52 and everything else, mm-hmm. right? And I loved Kyle's early 90s costume, minus the, the protruding elbow pads and knee pads. I, I and loved I those. Hate, I hated the crab mask. hated the mask, right? You changed the costume, you kept the mask. And I was mm-hmm. like, of all the things to keep, <laughs> not the uniform, yeah. you could have kept the black uniform with the white chest plate and everything else, reduced the size of the elbow pads and knee pads, got rid of the mask, man. <laughs> nope, that's the one thing we kept. Yeah. So as far yeah. as, uh, well, you were mentioning mm-hmm. sort of like doing the interviews and kind of doing this stuff, it's it sort of become work. Uh, like on a, it's like still a, fun. Don't get me wrong. It, you know, it's not tedious. I could be digging ditches and working on the side of the freeway and all that that's stuff. That's kind of what I wanted yeah. to ask you. Yeah. yeah, like on a weekend like this, even though you're right. working, uh, is it? Do you? I don't know, like. Do you, is it? Is it sort of work, but you're having fun at the same time, or do you find slivers of moments where you're not working and just enjoying it? Or I mean, how does that break it, down? It really depends on the convention and the weekend. Yeah. You know, like this weekend, I saw, I saw, and I talked to a bunch of people that this was their very first convention ever. Yeah. And to see the light in their eyes and how excited they are, you remember why you started doing this in the first place, you know? Because I talk to a lot of film critics who are cynics, you know, and beyond cynical, just downright mean. We were reviewing Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever played the game in the 90s, the video game, the Sega game. I'm sure I did, Okay. Yeah. So it's a video game movie. Video game movies aren't Shakespeare. <laughs> you have to figure out how to take a game that took you an hour to beat as a kid and make it an hour and a half movie by telling a story. So it's not going to be the greatest thing ever. 
you know, uh, Aaron Paul is not the star of the movie. Aaron Paul, you know, it might as well have just been called Aaron Paul Drives a Mustang. That's really what the movie should have been called. Aaron Paul Drives a Mustang. Michael Keaton has too much money for his own good. Michael yeah. Keaton was that? Yeah, he was the eccentric billionaire that set up the race. Oh, holy crap. So Michael Keaton's the eccentric billionaire that sets up the race. Dominic Cruz is from the same neighborhood as Aaron Paul, but Aaron Paul wants to stay small time and local, and Dominic Cruz wants to be the big, you know, the big rich guy, uh, but he rips off uh, Aaron Paul. So now Aaron Paul steals his Mustang that he built for him custom, you know, Shelby Cobra. The last one that Shelby worked on is, is, the, is the plot twist, you know. It's like, well, sh- this is the last Mustang Shelby worked on. I was like, okay, so it's a race car movie. What do you expect from a race car movie? You know, yeah. you just expect cars chasing each other, loud music, loud engines, and have fun. So I see this critic, and I, I've talked to him before, and he's got to stick so far up his butt that he's got, got to use tweezers to, plick, to pick splinters out of his nose. Right? And I was just like, so what do you, you know, what do you think as we were validating the parking? He's like, Ugh, where do I begin? And I'm like, dude, it's based on a video game. What do you expect? Takes his scarf. Mind you, it's April. So I don't know why you're wearing a scarf in April in L.A., Flings it around his neck and goes, and that's what we got. And I was like, really, Shakespeare? <laughs> you know, you're that you're that hung up uh, on a movie. And I was like, Ugh, this is the third movie I've had to see today. Oh, how terrible your life must be. You got to watch three movies today. You know, yeah. come on. So no, you got to have fun. This is a fun gig, man. Yeah. We're lucky to do it. Yeah, and in your case, so, you, so with the Fanboy Nation, right? Did you you started that? I started Fanboy Nation. How did that start? Um, it started when I was in graduate school. Well, we conceptualized it when I was in graduate school. And what happened was my friend was like, hey, there's a bunch of these sites popping up. You know, used to, used to be a journalist before grad school and everything. What do you think of, of this and this and this? And I started reading the sites and I was like, you know, one site in particular who I will never name, you know. <laughs> Maybe off air. What's that? Maybe off oh, air. Oh, off air, definitely, okay. but not on air. <laughs> you know, essentially the guy put his byline on the article, right? wrote two sentences, then went, according to the Hollywood Reporter, copy and pasted the whole Hollywood Reporter article, put a two-sentence closer, done, and I was just like, that's plagiarism. (laughs) So I freaked out. I was like, I'm clicking through the site, and they're doing that. And then there's these other sites that are like, official Marvel trailer for Thor, whatever, you know. So you click the link, and it took me to the Thor movie page and I was like I could have gone there myself I don't need you so stuff like that was driving me nuts and I was like all right well to hell with you I'm gonna do fanboy nation I'm gonna do it as a real journalist I'm gonna do it my way so we don't do the yellow journalism stuff so we don't get the hit count that everybody else does we don't do rumors because I don't care about rumors I care about facts so okay our numbers aren't as big as everybody else at least I still have my integrity yeah yeah like one one journalist from another site was complaining about um what was it uh, Rajal Ghul being another white guy, you know, and I was just like, well, he's Middle Eastern, and technically we're Caucasian, you know. So I called him out on it on Twitter. I was like, dude, you know, if your editor wants to know who Middle Eastern people are, we're Caucasian. And he's like, well, the editor is Middle Eastern himself. I said, then we should have some fun conversations. <laughs> I could have kept it going and saying, you know, well, you know, he's all about clickbait and kept the fight going. I just challenged him. I was like, all right, let's let's talk then. Never heard from him again. So. You know, I think it's stupid because if you're going to do a race-based article, yeah. right? First of all, you're stirring the pot for no reason. All right, you know, we were colonized by the British. We were colonized by the French. So we have a British guy playing us. 
ooh, like that hasn't happened before. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's in Middle Eastern face and they give him a big hook nose and everything else, you know, with a fake accent, because that would just be ridiculous. But, you know, it's a Caucasian guy playing another Caucasian guy. Yeah. Only one's from Asia, one's from Europe. I wasn't offended. Yeah. You know, I'm not offended that they got a British guy to play Rajal Ghul. You know, it drives me nuts when it's British guys that play everybody, though. You know, this takes place in ancient Greece, British accent. Really? <laughs> you know, this takes place in Persia. Jake Gyllenhaal, British accent. Really? You know, that stuff offends me. You know, because yeah. what the hell's the point? You know, I mean, if you're going to give him an accent, why does it have to be British? Now, as know? far as the uh, the website goes, did you, um, as far like as far as gaining traction with, mm-hmm. a, with an audience, mm-hmm. did you, uh, at first, was it just let's just focus on just writing great content and they'll find us, or did you make any efforts to actually find the audience and bring them to what you were doing? Um, my effort, first and foremost, was make contacts with all the studios. Okay. My effort was, if they don't, if we don't have content, we have nothing to begin with. So how can I create an audience without content? So I decided to contact studio by studio. Um, worked my way up to Disney and Warner and, and Universal and all those guys. But I needed to figure out what was the easiest way to get content for the industry and what my focus was going to be. So I went to Boom Studios and IDW first. So the only reason why Boom came first was because as soon as I walked through the door, Boom was in front of me before IDW was. That's the only reason why I went to Boom first. You know, Boom said yes. IDW said yes. You know, then Dark Horse said yes. Then uh, Image said yes. So I got Image and Dark Horse, you know, number three and four, you know, or two and three, at the, or two and four at the time, you know, the biggest publishers. I was like, you know, it wasn't out the gate, obviously, yeah. but, you know, the, the first several months we focused on Boom Studios and IDW because that's where we got the content. Okay. And... One of my former writers who helped design the site is like, well, we need to, to fish. And I was like, we don't fish. And I was like, well, this other site posted this. I said, I don't care. I don't know if that's accurate. We don't fish. Unless we get a press release from the company, we're not going to do that. And he was like, but we need to get. I was like, I don't care. I, ha- you know, I care about integrity. He eventually left. We still chit-chat on occasion. But you know, if it doesn't come as an official release, I don't run it. Because mm-hmm. you know? I think it's cheap, you know. Everyone was talking about, rumor has it, you know, uh, Cumberpatch is going to be Doctor Strange. That's nice. <laughs> Disney didn't send me anything about it. It's rumor. I don't care. You know? But he'd be great. I don't care if you think he'd be great. I care once the official release comes out from Disney. Like when everybody ran with the Age of Ultron trailer, right? Two hours before whatever. Right. You know? And the... And they're just like, oh, it's a leak, it's a leak. And I was like, do you know how fast that guy would have been sued if it was a real leak? It's brilliant marketing on Disney's part. And Anthony even mentioned, uh, you know, Disney said, oh, they, they made it look like they rolled with a damn Hydra. Yeah, uh, Twitter was, uh, right. damn it, Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> so I sat there, and everyone's like, why isn't it up yet? I was like, two hours. I'm like, what do you mean two hours? I was like, Disney's going to send me the official trailer in two hours, you know, and it's going to be an HD watch. <laughs> no one believed me. Two hours later... You know, here comes the official trailer from DC, uh, from Marvel, from Disney, and goes, official Ultron trailer. Oh, that's great, they rolled with it. That was planned, because if you went to the YouTube page, it was up an hour and a half ago. You know, but no one decided to go to the Marvel page on YouTube. So it was one of those things. But it was great, and it was fun. You know? That's awesome. And how long have you been uh, doing the site now? Uh, two years now. Oh, wow. So, so you got a lot of traction in two years, then. Fair amount. You know, we can still do better. Yeah. You know, we can always do better. That's super cool. Now, for, for Robert, DMC was a pretty exciting uh, 
fanboy moment. Uh, how about you, Anthony? Whether it's this weekend or just uh, any weekend, when's the last time you found yourself just feeling really excited? I, I think uh, stopping by Tommy Wiseau from the uh, the room, his, his booth, <laughs> because uh, for those that don't know, The Room is an awful, awful movie, like cult classic status for just being awful. And the uh, main uh, character, uh, his name's Johnny, uh, played by Tommy Wiseau, and Tommy directed, wrote it, produced it, executive produced it, and he was probably the caterer on it. Um, he does this thing where he says, oh, hi. And uh, I walked up to him, and you know, I was just like, hey, can I get uh, two copies of your, uh, your movie? And he's like, oh, hi, what's my name? I was like, uh, my name's Anthony. He's like, oh, hi, Anthony. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. That <laughs> is a really cool moment. Uh, but I, I think RC thinks that... Uh, Meeting Rob Liefeld was my big geek out moment, and honestly, it was I was really like, I, I was uh, almost uh, conducting the fanboyism of the artist on my comic book, Scott Joseph. He's a big Rob Liefeld fan, and I wanted to just rub it in his face that like I met Liefeld before you. I shook his hand, I introduced myself, but it was so funny the way you did it. You're like, "Hi, I'm with him," <laughs> and Rob looked at you like. Okay. <laughs> I told him I was a sound engineer, and he was like, let's work together someday. Let's, let's do something. So, you know, yeah, Rob Blyfield wants to work with me. What, Joseph? What? <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah, and I just remember, I, I can't believe I almost forgot, we were on the elevator with Kevin Smith for yeah. about 30 seconds. And, uh, and I mean, I, well, you worked with him. I'm, I'm, I imagine you probably met him or interviewed him or something, Robert. Uh, we did the roundtable for Tusk. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily an interview, it was yeah. more of being lectured. <laughs> Which wasn't bad, it was entertaining, yeah. but it, like, you know, we didn't get a question in, Kevin just went. Right. So. Kevin, uh, like, I, I think this kind of started right around the time where he started getting heavy into weed. Mm -hmm. Like, his Q&As weren't Q&As anymore. Mm -hmm. They were like, all right, I'll take a question and I'll do, like, 50 minutes off of that question. Oh, we didn't even get a yeah. question. He well, just started. He's, he's getting better at deflecting the questions. Yeah. Um, what question? And it was like, all right, let's get this going. We got time for some questions. And and he went. And we're like, nobody asked anything. Uh, I, I love Kevin. Kevin's always been really, really nice to me. I worked for him from uh, 2011 to 2012 at the uh, John Lovitz Club when uh, he was doing his live podcast there. He's not anymore. But, um, yeah, I, I mean... It was just like, you know, not necessarily catching up with an old friend, but an old acquaintance. You know, I said, hey, Kevin, I used to work for you and at the Levitts. And he said, how are you doing, man? I was like, yeah, I was going to say, Anthony, just like a boss in the yeah. elevator. Like everybody, I think, realized about the same time. And Kev, Anthony, just like a boss, is like, hey, Kevin, I used to work with you. It's like, what the, who the fuck is this dude that I'm hanging with? And then uh, I think even out there, and then you were talking to his entourage a little bit, and you knew somebody's husband. Yeah. And uh, and I was I was I was feeling a little uh, a little bit stark because I think we both had the same idea. We saw the the hockey jersey and a relatively round guy. He didn't have the beard. So, I, yeah. So we were both thinking, but he's oh, got the face of of a skinny guy. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. We were, I think we were both thinking, oh, that's a pretty good yeah. cosplay. Yeah. Great cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, I don't know. Any, anything else that uh, we can cover about our, our day so far? Uh, what, what do you think about it? Like, because this is your first time walking the floor, meeting yeah. you know, the trauma people. Yeah, I'm ha I'm having a, a lot of fun. Cause I didn't know what to expect at all. I, I mean, I didn't know if it's gonna be like comic book land with roller coasters and and uh, you know mascots and stuff. 
uh, like I knew, like like walking the floor, like well that's cool. So this this is a this so this is a con, right? And then I saw the then we went to like the panels, like oh I get it. Okay, so then there's that, and there's a con, and then, then seeing the the cosplay people, and then slowly sort of you know, I I, I feel like the first couple of hours was just absorbing just just what it is, um, but it's totally cool. And then I, I, as soon as it was funny, as soon as we met, uh, or, well met, yeah I guess I got to meet the miracle, yeah, and. Uh, so, so she you shook get, your hand. Yes, yeah, so that's an encounter. I, I, I got to, I got to tell her I was a big fan of. I, I tried to play it cool. I was like, okay, I'm a fan of Dollhouse, but she probably thinks I'm part of the crew. So let me be cool, <laughs> but let you know. Uh, and so she was just, so, so then I was telling you know Anthony. I was like, that was awesome. Like that's that you know I'm good for the day. And five minutes later, you know I'm getting spit on by DMC and he's rapping. I was like, yeah. how did that just get the day just got that much better? Right. So. So right. just between those you, two things. You met a gorgeous actress, and then you had yeah. one, of the, one of the baddest rappers ever yeah. just come out and go, here you go. Yeah. yeah. So it couldn't have been, and so, so like just if, if that was the only two things that happened today, it would have been awesome. But this is great. I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. It, hopefully it'll be the, uh, the first of many. And definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Con, cons have a certain charm. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of them have a certain smell, but they have a certain <laughs> charm as well, you know. And this one wasn't a smelly con, so I was happy with that. I, I gotta say, like, this is this con has been the closest to my first con. I think it's because I'm kind of living it through your eyes vicariously. I'm just like, you know, like I made the same mistakes I did at the first con by not looking at the schedule, by not, you know, uh, uh, bringing food. Like, I'm making, like, we're, I'm, we're retracing the same steps that I, I went through with my first experience at uh, San Diego Comic Con in 2007. But yeah, it's it's been great, and uh, I love Kamikaze. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to play the arcades, though. Why, why are we not playing the arcades? We should play the arcades before the uh, floor closes. Because Martin's interviewing us. Yeah, why are we doing oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Well, we can do that. We can, we can wrap this he up. He can interview us while we play the arcades. <laughs> Poor guy. He wants to play, too. Donkey, I'm sure Donkey Kong's out there. They, yeah. they have Donkey Kong on You didn't Did, tell me. They have Donkey Kong. They have Moonwalker. The Michael Moon Jackson Ooh. game. Yeah, yeah, where he push you the special button and you start dancing and everybody dies. Yes. It's the best thing ever. They don't die. They, they get die. teleported. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And you know he's he's rescuing children. All right. Well, I say I say let's go play video games and we'll, we'll pick this up again on the on the current. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. And we're back. The uh, the last time, the last time you guys heard our voices. We were, uh, we were inside the Los Angeles Convention Center, and we were chatting in the press room. It, it was myself. It was, it was Anthony. Hello. It was, it was our new buddy, uh, Rob. What's well, Rob? your new buddy. My new, it was Anthony. Uh, and Rob Samo. Rob Samo. Let me, let, yeah, my bad. RC. Anthony and RC, Rob Samo, they go way back. It was my first uh, opportunity, uh, kind of, you know, sitting and chatting with, uh, with Rob. And, uh, and we told you that when you heard us again, we would be on the road home from, from Kamikaze. And that's true. Technically. But it's not, it's not entirely true because this is actually tomorrow. I mean, it's now. Like, like right now is now. Uh, if it sounded like uh, Anthony and I are bouncing around the car, that's actually the, uh, the recorder uh, bouncing around. Hopefully the sound wasn't too jarring for you. But, um, 
So, so, so the idea was I was going to go to Kamikaze on, on Saturday and sort of get a full day in. And once the, one Saturday was over, I, I decided I have not had enough. So Anthony and I, we, we, we went back to Kamikaze uh, for Sunday. And so now we're driving home from Kamikaze, but it's actually tomorrow so far as, you know, the last time you heard our voices. And uh, we're on the road. We just got on the, the, the 10 freeway uh, heading back heading back to the Inland Empire, where Anthony's going to drop me off and he's going to go off and uh, do whatever he does when, when he's not doing podcasts with me. Crime fighting, mostly. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. So, Anthony, this is the, uh, the wrap-up portion. At this point, the listeners, they've been, lis- they've been listening to us for uh, a good while, so we'll, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll... we'll we might keep the wrap-up brief, but, you know, no promises. We might just enjoy talking, and you're just going to have to listen to it. Or the SD card might cut us off in mid-conversation. Or we might get cut off mid-conversation. If that's the case, then, um... Then, you know, Martin will fill you in. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the rest. Uh, so, anyways, now that the weekend is done, uh, you've done this before. You've done several comic book conventions. This was just one of many for you. Uh, how did you feel about this convention now that it's officially over? It was a lot of fun. Um, it was another convention that I worked a lot. Like, it wasn't just all pleasure. Like, I had to, you know, support some friends on panels. Uh, I had to, you know, do some interviews with, with uh, you know, RC from, from Fanboy Nation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, I... I I like that work. Like, it's not, you know, it's a great, great thing to do, and it's a great thing to be involved with. But I do kind of miss the days where I could just go to a convention and wander around and do whatever I want. Right. And that's what we did today. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, I, but I would say this, and, you know, it's nothing against your character, Sir Martin, <laughs> but um, Friday was my favorite day because it was just, it, was, it was, wasn't packed. Um, I didn't have a lot going on. Um, so it was free, I was free to, you know, kind of walk the floor, and it was just nice, but, you know, Saturday was super crowded, uh, but not Comic-Con level crowded, um, and, uh, yesterday, you know, it was kind of a, a little, or today was kind of a, a little bit of a, a medium crowded, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely, today was my second favorite day, Friday was my first Son of a bitch! You, you, Sorry, you had to pick the one day that I wasn't there yep. to tell the listeners that that was your favorite day. How dare I you, am sir? So sorry. How dare you, sir? I don't well, like crowded cons. Yeah, I. Well, you know, today, Saturday and Sunday, they were both great, and, and for me, they were great. Uh, I guess in, in different ways, but I. Well, let's start. Here's what we'll do. I uh, again, I'm, I'm sitting shotgun with Anthony. We've I've got. Uh, I have no notes in front of me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off some highlights as I remember them, and uh, and we can chat a little bit about about some of these some of the highlights of, of the weekend. So so when we first got to Kamikaze, uh, well first of all you know, we got there, um, we actually we split up right away because you had to you were helping out Fanboy Nation with the, with a panel they had a panel at like 9:30 a.m. So, so you went off to do that. Um, I went off to get my, my professional badge so I could, you know, go, you know, attend, you know, get inside and everything. Uh, it, it took me a little while to, to find you at the at the panel. 
but you know, but uh, eventually found you and the fanboy nation crowd at the uh, you know for, for their for their panel. Sat through my first panel, which uh, which was cool, and then uh, and then from there, I'm trying to remember what we did. I, I feel like there's a little bit of wandering. Yeah, we went to the floor and, and looked around a bit, and then uh... and that was interesting because so so the exhibition floor, uh, I believe you said very aptly. It's like a huge swap meet for nerds. Was that yep. yeah? A nerdy swap meet. A nerdy swap meet, and and you know, with and, and with all due respect, I believe you you said that it wasn't like uh, there was nothing uh, you know derogatory or, or pejorative about that. But I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's you know, toys and T-shirts and video games and and artwork and like and and you know, I saw I saw Spider-Man and Captain America playing one-on-one basketball. I had no idea that that was something that you would see at a at, at, at Kamikaze. Oh, we didn't play Street Fighter. We were supposed oh, to play Street God, Fighter too. We forgot to play. There was there was like an arcade. There, yeah, there was uh, retro arcade games. They had uh, Moonwalker. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Jackson game where you know you rescue children and uh, when you dance you you kill the bad guys. And uh, so so Saturday for me it was a really overwhelming experience. But it was like a but it was it was like it was overwhelming in a positive sense where there was so much cool stuff going on I didn't know where to look where to stop where to and so I just sort of I just sort of kind of let go in a very sort of zen way just just let go and kind of let the the, the the kamikaze absorb me and just sort of just wherever I went I even when Anthony was walking around half the time I didn't even question where we were going it was only every now and then I realized I'd be like where are we going but it didn't matter I was just happy, kind of moving around. Um, so yesterday, which was Saturday, uh, the first cool thing, uh, and when we talked about this with uh, uh, with Rob, but Fanboy Nation had an interview with uh, the actress. I can only remember her first name now. Miracle. Miracle Lori. Miracle Lori. And uh, so Miracle Lori, she was uh, one of the featured actors on Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. And as as the podcast the podcast listeners know, I am I'm a huge mark for Joss Whedon. I'm a huge mark for Dollhouse. Like when I think of Joss Whedon's work, uh, it's Buffy first and Dollhouse second. I love Dollhouse. So I'm right there with you, but I have to disagree. It's Angel first, <laughs> Firefly second, Dollhouse third, and honestly, Buffy last. I love Buffy. But to me, like, the other shows are just more interesting. All right, we will... We will fight about this later. We, were, we will have a, a whole separate fight about that because we're going to have to... We're going to have to throw down, but that, we'll save that fight for a later date. So I was thrilled for the opportunity to, to meet the Miracle. Um, and it was super cool, I mean, because it was, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, Rob was interviewing her. You know, Anthony was, you know, doing the audio... And because I was there, you know, I was just kind of hanging out, but I was being, you know, like, and, you know, Miracle had, she had no idea who I was, and so I, I think it was one of those situations where, because I was there with them, obviously, I'm part of the crew, uh, so, and it was, you know, really, you know, intimate, uh, in, intimate quarters, and she was really sweet, really cool, really interesting. And not creeped out by the fact that I admitted that I had a crush on her character. Not her specifically, because I don't know her. Right. But on her character. Like, yeah. when I found out she was a doll, like, I kind of guessed, because I was just like, she's she's too perfect. Yeah. She's too perfect. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like she was, she was very gracious. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And you know, there was a lot of eye contact. So I'm just saying that maybe <laughs> next time we record a podcast, she'll be my girlfriend. That just, would be just throwing that out there. I, as I, maybe. I would be impressed. She's gorgeous. Uh, she's she's gorgeous. She's, I mean. She's amazing. She's gorgeous on screen, but, you know, she's striking in person and tall. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed it. And, you know, so I, once once the interview was over, I took a, just a brief opportunity to, to, to you know, fanboy out just a little bit and just tell her that, you know, just, I, I really love Dollhouse and loved her on Dollhouse. And she was so cool. And, like, unless she was, you know, flexing her acting chops, um, she seemed to really appreciate me telling, me, telling her how, how much I loved Dollhouse and... So that was the first really cool experience, and as soon as that was over, I told Anthony, I was like, you know what, that was so cool, for that, you know, I don't, I don't really, it doesn't matter what happens for the rest of the weekend, that was awesome, and I swear, it couldn't have been more than, it, it, in my memory, it couldn't have been more than 10 minutes later, we were standing not two feet away from DMC, from Run DMC, uh, for another Fanboy Nation interview, and again, because I was with, you know, you and Rob, uh, you know, DMC just sort of assumed I was part of the crew and he was super nice and really cool and was, you know, he was uh, engaging me, in, you know, as he was engaging with me as he was with, 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 the, with both of you and, you know, Rob and, and, you know, the best part was he was, he was rapping. He was doing, you know, he was doing this rap. I, I mean, you know, I know I'm kind of reviewing what we talked about a little bit earlier, but, you know, whatever. Um, it's still exciting to me. And in the whole, as he's rapping, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is one of the the biggest most famous most successful you influential know, influential uh they if they've got to be in the rock and roll hall of fame if they're not they probably will be I believe they are and you know here he is standing literally two feet in front of me rapping and and, and it was really even if it was shitty it would be awesome but it was really good and i'm just thinking like how does who does this have this is this my life this is like the coolest fucking thing that's ever happened and at some point, I don't remember if it was during the rap or just when he was talking, because he's really animated, really interesting, really engaging, really cool guy. And as he was talking, like, some spittle, I didn't see it, but I felt it. And uh, and it hit my lip. And even as it hit my lip, I was just like... You've been annoyed. That's so cool. That's DMC spittle. And I don't... I mean, you know, I don't even care if he had Ebola. It was just, like, so cool. And then I was like... That's that, the best way to get Ebola. Yeah. Really. That, it really is, to be honest with you. And so those two experiences uh, were really exciting, but then it, it, it was just also a great day. We all, also we you know we talked about this earlier, but here's another highlight. Uh, you know we saw Kevin Smith in the elevator, and uh, actually you know Anthony because you were you were the center centerpiece of that event. I'll, I'll let you remind the listeners what that was about. Um, so just a, a little a little bit of history um, back in. 2011, uh, I think March, uh, he had a, a showing of Red State, and it was the first showing of Red State anywhere near the LA area, I think maybe even California, um, and I went, it was at the Will Turn, and uh, that's actually where I met Tim Chismar, but I had the opportunity to meet Kevin Smith, and it was an amazing experience, like I, I you know, I've been a Kevin Smith fan since I was a teenager, um, and then a few months later, I found out that he was doing a uh, live podcast-a-thon. Originally, he was going to call it um, uh, Smorgy, because his, his company is Smodcast, so he does Smorgy and kind of... Uh, 
takes the SM and puts it into other words. That's kind of his signature. Right. But unfortunately, he had to change it into Pod Damn It because people had some concerns, I guess. <laughs> so I went to Pod Damn It. And while I was at Pod Damn It, uh, I had the time of my life. I got to go up on stage. One of these days, I'll play it for you and act out a scene from Return of the Jedi with Kevin Smith uh, directing. Oh, that's awesome. And Jason Mewes playing Job the Hutt. I was Luke Skywalker. And uh, he was really impressed by the fact that um, I knew the, all the dialogue from the scene without even looking at the script. I looked at the script, saw it, uh, saw it in the uh, the uh, story where the uh, where we were, and I just went from there. I like I, I knew it. I, I knew every single word. But um, after that, like I'd say about two months after that, I was looking on Twitter and Jason Mewes posted something about the uh, the company. Um, that does the live podcasts and films them uh, at the Lovitz needed an intern, so I applied, and it was a company called um, Absolute Value, uh, owned by J.C. Reifenberg, and um, I applied, got the internship, and uh, you know from there, um, I, I began working every weekend uh, for Kevin. And then I started doing some edits on some of the, uh, the podcasts, taking out, or splitting them into three parts, inserting um, uh, ads, advertisements, because they went from, uh, you know, uh, ad-free to, um, to doing that uh, pay for SMOD, where, like, you can get all the podcasts for free. I believe it's called SMODcost. Okay. But um, I, I kind of helped, helped usher that in, and then, um, you know, I, I left SMODco. But uh, it was really cool because I ran into him at the elevator and I haven't had, you know, a lot of contact with him since. And I looked up and I thought it was a really good Kevin cosplayer. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> because he had, you know, his trademark beard shaved. Um, he had, you know, some stubble going on. And I looked up and, you know, I was just like, wait, is it? And I was like, it is. So, you know, I just wanted to be nice. I've, I've you know, had casual conversations with him before. And I just said, hey, Kevin... How's it going? Like, like like a big shot. I want to add that. Anthony's being modest. Like a goddamn big shot in the elevator. Just like, just what's the big fucking deal? I'm Anthony Ray Bench. You're Kevin Smith. What's the big fucking deal? Hey, Kevin. Go ahead. Go ahead, hey. <laughs> You know, like, not to, to demystify Kevin uh, at all. Or, you know, not to make the majesty that is Kevin Smith any less. But after he worked for somebody for about a year... Um, they just become a person. Sure. Like, you, you kind of, you know, just know that, you know, they'll, they'll say hi. They'll, you know, chit-chat with you a little bit, you know. You kind of learn, lose that, that fanboyism. So, you know, I, I totally fanboyed out, like, later, and we'll get to that. We will get to that. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I was just like, hey, Kevin, you know, I used to work for you uh, at the Lovitz, and he was just like, oh, man, hey, you know, how are you doing, sir? And I said, I'm doing great. And you? And he said, I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, I chatted with some of his uh, his entourage and caught up a bit. Um, they and, seem to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. like it felt like they were surrounding him a little bit, almost to sort of shield him off. Not aggressively, but I felt like there was a very tactical 
shield. The the vibe I, I get from from Kevin is, you know, he he likes to be the center of attention, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but he's more comfortable being on stage than he is interacting with people. Yeah. Like one on one, and I'm the same way. Uh, but you know, there there's definitely that. Like it was kind of you know, let's close him off. So you know, before people start asking for pictures and whatnot, and you know, I. I Honestly, like, I, I kind of get in the zone sometimes, especially when I'm on my way for something and we're kind of running late, uh, or, you know, like, I think we're running late, but, um, I, uh, you know, I, I forgot that you were there, <laughs> that sounds really mean, but, you know, I would have been like, can, you know, my friend Martin get a picture with you, but it was, you that know, that would have been nice, I'm sorry, I'm an awful friend. I'm an awful comic book expert. I'm just an awful, awful person. Way to go, Bench! I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was really, really neat. I, I introduced you to a lot of people, though. Come on. A lot, a of, lot people, of people. Like, minus Kevin Smith. I'm sorry. But that's all right. No, no, you were... Listen, I, I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving Anthony a hard time. <laughs> Anthony was an outstanding host for, for my, my first uh, comic book convention. Just, I mean, you know... Being in the elevator with Kevin Smith because I mean I, I I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith's podcast. Kevin Smith and his podcast are a huge reason why I des- decided to do the Martin Lestrade podcast hour. So to to be in the elevator and just kind of you know have that fun sort of fanboy experience that was pretty cool. And then for my partner in crime Anthony Ray Bench to to become a big shot and fucking talk to him. That was that was cool. Just to, just gonna be around that. You know what? I honestly like now that I think back on it, I don't think it was me. You know, like failing to introduce you to, to Kevin. I think it was almost like you're you're Martin with straps. Like you're the best selling author. <laughs> you're gonna step up and introduce yourself, right? right? Like right, right. And it didn't happen. Right. And you know that's just it. That's just how it goes. I mean, I did have a moment where I was like. Well, Kevin, you know me as well, right? Like, I figure we had a mutual yeah, admiration thing Yeah, you guys are podcasting going. legends. Like, we know each other, don't we? So, anyway. So, that was that was another cool experience. Uh, and then uh, then later in the evening, after we uh, after we sat down with uh, with Rob and chatted for a while, which you guys, of course, you know, heard not that long ago, uh, we headed over to uh, Comics on Comics. They were doing a live podcast slash panel. I don't know, you know... A live podcast panel, I don't know what you would call it, but... Um, so we it was a, a panel that was being recorded for a podcast. Okay, that, that's a way more clear way of saying it. Uh, so, of course, you guys remember, uh, I was you know, I was on Comics on Comics not that long ago, which is hosted by uh, Vito Lapicola and Juan Manuel Rocha. It is the show uh, that pits uh, uh, comedians and geeks and nerd debate. I hope I'm getting that right. It's where the greatest minds in comics meet the greatest comic minds. I got that backwards. Yeah, yeah. Try it again. Uh, the greatest comic minds meet the greatest minds in comics. There you go. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, if you love comics and movies and TV and pop culture in general, and you like podcasts, you should be listening to Comics on Comics. It's an, it's an outstanding show, and, and Juan and Vito do an outstanding job. And uh, to be at the at the panel, it was a really outstanding uh, show. You know, the live experience to, to see the show with a live audience was really great. They put on a great show. The audience was really great. Um, there was a lot of audience participation that wasn't requested, which I can't imagine is going to 
sound good on the on the audio version, but you know, for you know, as part of the audience, it, it was interesting. It was all very interesting. You know, being a podcast producer, um, I think that uh, you know, like audience participation. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to. It kind of puts a stop at it. But if you're listening to a live podcast that's been live recorded, you should understand that there's going to be drops in quality. You should understand that there's going to be, you know, some background interference and everything like that. And speaking of uh, background interference, are we lost? Uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> for, for the time being, I'm going to say no, because I want you to feel comfortable. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the next time... Uh, this is what happens when you ride shotgun with uh, with Anthony Ray Bench. Jeez. He gets so lost in, in the in the moment in the conversation that uh, yeah. I, you know I'm riding shotgun. He's he's only gotten us lost twice this weekend. So I figure <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I figure there's no way he's gonna get us lost a third time. Yeah, we're on the five. <laughs> we, we should be on the ten, right? Yeah. And I, I think not only are we on the five, I think we're like heading towards Bakersfield, <laughs> so I, I think we should take a little break and, uh, you know, kind of get back, get back to our bearings. Okay, I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to take a break. As far as you know, we're going to be right back, but we're going to take a break so Anthony can unlose us. And, and we're back. We are officially unlost. Uh, for, for you guys, as much as a half of a second, if that long, a fraction of a second passed, between us being lost and us being unlost, but in our time, what would you say that was? 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, Something yeah. like that? It was, it was a while. We were on the uh, the five going north, um, and the complete opposite direction <laughs> of where we wanted to go. It's been a long con. Yeah, I'm we, exhausted. Uh, had, had we not... We would have we would have ended up in San Francisco, is yeah. the idea. Yeah, all the way to the... If, uh, if, uh, Neither one of us was would have noticed. We would have been like, "Why is the Golden Gate Bridge here all of a sudden? And why is it uh, daytime now?" It's, <laughs> it's okay. I have friends that live in that area. When, so when did the sun come up? We'd be safe. So I'm gonna be honest, Anthony Ray Bench. That's I it. can't remember what we were talking about when we got lost. Oh jeez. Um, we were talking about uh, I don't know. Oh, com- maybe comics. Oh yeah, comics, comics on comics. On comics. Yeah. You were you were you were talking about. The live podcast. Live podcast. Go ahead. Um, well, as you have witnessed, dear listeners, uh, unexpected things happen <laughs> when you're, uh, you know, live podcasting live and in, in, you know, not in a studio or not in a, you know, home where you're sitting down. Uh, interesting things happen. You get lost. Uh, you know, people shout out questions. <laughs> uh, you know, those, those things happen. But honestly, I'm a lot. I'm really forgiving uh, on live episodes of podcasts like for things like sound quality uh, audiences shouting stuff people interacting with the audiences um, I've just kind of learned to accept it because I know these things are out of control like I kind of have that perspective where I've produced podcasts before so you know it, it, it does suck when people kind of shout out but yeah and the thing is like with the comics on comic show again like it, the live experience the, the audience sort of their impromptu participation it, for me it's part of what made it a really fun show but I just know that that's not it's not ideal for a live podcast but as you said you know 
if you're listening to a, a show that was taped live or recorded live, I don't know if taped is the appropriate, uh, you know, the, the appropriate terminology, but either way, um, it's, you know, it's... Did it's, they even mention, like, that they were doing the live podcast, or were uh, they, because like, uh, people might have... Okay. Juan did at the beginning, okay. yeah. because I was going to say, people might have just thought that it was a panel. Yeah, but also, you know, it, it's probably, you know, it was, it was a good crowd, they were, you know, maybe it's just a testament to, to Juan and Vito putting on a good show that... That the, the people in the audience like were you know they were inspired uh, to get involved, but that was a great way to end the night. The, to end the night at the con, uh, from there we went out to dinner. It was Anthony, myself, Juan, and Vito from Comics on Comics, a couple other gentlemen, and uh, we went to a, a restaurant called El Cholo. It wasn't far from the Los Angeles Convention Center where Kamikaze is being held. And while we were waiting for our table, uh, my my pilot, my driver. The, the, the official comic book expert of the Marginless Grab Show podcast hour, Anthony Ray Bench, had the, the sweetest, cutest, most delightful fanboy geek out uh, experience. And I'll let you tell the, the listeners what happened. Okay, I, I don't geek out often, um, but I did geek out on this one. Uh, Sam Whitwer, he, uh, you know, the first thing I noticed him in was. Star Wars The Force Unleashed, the video game, and he played a character called Starkiller, uh, or Garen Malik, I believe that was his name is, I might be wrong, Star Wars fans don't crucify us, but um, I loved that character, I loved that game, um, and I, after that, like, I started noticing him, noticing him in other shows, he was in Dexter, he was in uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, he was, uh, he played Doomsday um, in a in Smallville, and Doomsday is one of my favorite, uh, you know, Superman bad guys. He uh, he voiced Darth Maul in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. But a lot of people recognized him from the show uh, Almost Human or Being Human. Being Human. Being Human. Yeah. Um, and I like that show. I watched the uh, the first two seasons. The on. U.S. version, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah, the U.S. version. Uh, he plays a character called Aiden, who's a vampire. Um, I like him on the show. Uh, I, I like the show. I haven't finished watching it. I think I'm on the third season. Um, but I'm not, you know, like, I'm not rabid fanboy over that show. Um, but I am a rabid fanboy over uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed. And... Like, not necessarily the gameplay, it's kind of, you know, like a God of War clone, but the story, um, the first one, the second one was kind of awful, but, um, <laughs> it was neat, and I, I recognized him, and he started walking off, and I kind of had that internal struggle where it's like, um, you know, um, do I talk to him, uh, you know, do I... Am I going east or west? Yeah, you're going to stay east. Okay. Yeah, and just, just to paint the picture, you know, we're sitting outside waiting for our table. Uh, he's coming out. What's, what's the guy's name? I'm sorry. His name is Sam Whitwer. Sam Whitwer. Like, he, he's coming out. He's with the three or four uh, very good-looking ladies. I don't know what their relationship with him was, but I could probably guess. Uh, and they <laughs> he's were, a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy with yeah. three or four good-looking ladies. I don't know where they were going, but I can imagine. Uh, so they were leaving the restaurant. They were on the basically heading to the street. Um, Anthony only had a matter of seconds to decide what he was going to do. So go ahead. 
So I, I stood up and I called his name and my heart kind of sank that he didn't hear it because it's kind of like, you know, you almost feel like he's ignoring you, but you know, he might not have heard you or he might have thought that you were talking to somebody else. There's a lot of variables to it, but you know, you always like when you're approaching a celebrity or somebody you respect, you're always, your heart kind of sinks into the, you know, the bottom of your stomach when they don't acknowledge you. Uh, so I said it again a little bit louder this time, and he stopped, and he turned around, and he was just like, how's it going? And I was just like, I'm a big fan of yours, like, I, uh, I, I loved the, 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 the Force Unleashed, Star Wars The Force Unleashed when you played, uh, 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 when I nerd out, I forget stuff. Like, any day of the year, I could tell you all about Starkiller, I could tell you all about The Force Unleashed, I could tell you all about the other stuff that, you know, Sam Witwer has done, but I, when I geek out, I forget stuff, I, stum I stutter, I stumble, and I finally, I was just like, you played Starkiller, I love Starkiller, you were awesome in the Force Unleashed, I'm a big fan, he was just like, thanks a lot, man, and he, you know, shook my hand, and I was just like, could I, uh, you know, get a picture with you real quick, and he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, and I was just like, real quick, I don't, you know, want to be bothersome, he's like, no, 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 not at all, and uh, took a little selfie, and uh, he walked off, or he began to walk off and I put my hand out and I, that's one of the things I, I think is really really important like you shake somebody's hand when you meet them and you shake somebody's hand when they leave yeah that's just what I was taught so um you know I, I made sure to to shake his hand and, and thank you thank him for the picture and he walked off into the sunset well not really because yeah. it was already dark <laughs> but uh you know big grin on my face like just starstruck and he came back to me I, he was glowing like I had never seen before uh, it was the, it was the sweetest most adorable thing I'd ever seen I had no idea where Anthony was going I just thought he saw a buddy of his you know so I was like well that's cool here's somebody else Anthony's not going to introduce me to I'll let him I'll let him do, do that you know? and I didn't <laughs> that's what makes it worse I'm awful uh, but he was so happy when, when he came back, and and the, and the picture with the Anthony and Sam, you can see it on the. You, they can go to your Facebook page, right? I don't care. So, uh, no, you know Twitter. Twitter, you can find it on Twitter. Either way, you can see the picture. So it was cool. So that was a that was Anthony's sort of very exciting uh, fanboy moment on Saturday, uh, and that was that was pretty much uh, that was, that was pretty much our Saturday. And then um, I think we were. I forget. I don't know if we were driving home or if we were still there when uh, when uh, you kind of brought up the idea of coming back today. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I had so much fun. I was like, why fucking stop? I do want to go back. We we talked about it briefly uh, in our Facebook messages to one another. You yeah. mentioned that you were open to the possibility of going yeah. on Sunday. And uh, we, we talked about it as we were leaving the convention because, you, you know, you were looking for something to buy. And it was almost kind of like, you know, you not, uh, the word I'm looking for isn't hysterical, but you're almost kind of like panic mode. <laughs> of like, you know, I got to find something, I got to find something. And, uh, you know, the, the panel ended shortly before the, the floor was closing, so we didn't have a lot of time. And uh, I suggested, you know, I was just like, man, like, don't make yourself feel rushed. We should just come back tomorrow. If you want, I don't mind. Uh, you know, a lot of times a little convention secret is that um, people will discount their items on the last day because they don't want to go home with it. Yeah, and you you, know? you couldn't have been more right because uh, uh, I got some good deals today. Like, today was basically about, you know, 
uh, walking around, spending some money, getting some, uh, uh, collecting some some nice uh, merchandise from a from a from a kamikaze. Uh, I got some really cool artwork, some really cool. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll I'll put this up on Instagram too, so you guys can check that out. Um, but it's these really cool sort of cubist uh, paintings of uh, Superman, and then another one of Iron Man, and then another one of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, the paintings were cool. I was looking at them yesterday, and uh, and so they were like, I think they were like ten dollars each. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. I'll I'll buy that. But then. But then I thought, you know, well, if we're going to come back tomorrow anyway, then we'll, I'll do that. So when we came back today, um, two of the paintings that I wanted, they didn't have. So then I was already starting to, to, to regret not buying them. Uh, but there's what a, were the two that you wanted? The two that I wanted that, that weren't there were The Incredible Hulk and Superman. And so then uh, the, the, there's, there's a girl helping me. She's really nice. And um, they had displays. They had a Superman painting on display. And they had an incredible Hulk painting, you know, on display. And so she said, "Well, if you want, uh, I can see you can just take the display. And in fact, I think because they're displays, I think they might give you a discount. So like the paintings were already discounted from ten to eight dollars because it was the last day, as Anthony said. So, um, so, so, uh, so the girl she took me to the register. Um, she she told the guy behind the register that you know these two were." Displays? Could we, you know, could we give them a discount? So he ended up giving me the two uh, display ones for ten dollars, both of them. Then I got the the Iron Man one for eight dollars. Uh, so basically, instead of paying thirty dollars for the three the day before, I got all three for eighteen dollars. So right away, Anthony's paying off. <laughs> uh, and then I found, which I'd never seen before, uh, I found Buffy the Vampire Slayer toys, which is super cool. Uh, and so, you know, I got a, I got a Buffy toy and I got a Spike toy, action figures, I should say. Oh, you're um, a Spike guy? I'm a Spike guy. Get out of my car. <laughs> Get out of my car. Anthony's an angel guy. I'm all Spike. Uh, um, the toys, uh, the, the toys are for Chanel. She has no idea. It's a surprise. By the time she hears this episode, she'll, she'll already have gotten the toys, so it's not like I'm spoiling it. Um, but, uh, so those, I don't know, I, I those I definitely got a discount on. Um, and you know, I wanted to. I was really close to. I wanted to meet Elvira, and so I went to where Elvira was, and uh, there wasn't a long line to meet her because again, Sunday it wasn't that crowded. Um, I was will, I was willing to pay because you know, for pictures and autographs, you know, generally speaking, you pay the celebrities, and that's you know that's part of the deal. Uh, for Elvira, it was like thirty dollars for a picture and an autograph. And I was up for it because I thought it'd be really cool to, to meet Elvira and get a picture, but she wasn't in costume. It was, uh, uh, so I, I, you know, I decided to spend, I figured I'd just spend that $30 on something else, but I was really tempted. And just for the sake of saying it, she looks fucking amazing. Yes, she does. She looks in, in and out of costume. She looks amazing. I don't know how old she is. I don't care how old she is. She's, she's a fox. in her 50s, I believe. She is a she's, fox. She does not look it. Yeah. She, yeah. Um, I saw her at the uh, Not Scary Farm um, show that she did, and she was, yeah, she was rocking it. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, uh, no. I was just going to slobber a little bit more over her. <laughs> no, be my guest. Do a little slobbering if you like. She, she's amazing. She's so hot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, I'm done. 
because this is an audio medium, I can't tell you what's happening in Anthony's pants right now, but let's just say he's really enjoying talking about Elvira. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I, uh, I reached over to change gears in my, uh, my car. And, <laughs> and it's not even know, a manual. Yeah. It's, it's not a stick shift. It's a tick shift. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Ah, well played. I expect that from Chanel, not from you, Anthony Ray Bench. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, I don't expect it from you, but I'm glad. That was, that was <laughs> well done. Thank you, thank you. Well, anyway, I, I'm, I think at this point uh, we've done plenty of talking. This was an outstanding weekend. I, I think when I when we started this weekend, I was looking forward to it, but I had no expectations. But like in the best possible sense, I had no expectations. And now that it's over, it was, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, but it was still better than I expected. I had such a great time. And I mean this sincerely, Anthony. Uh, and a big part of why I had such a good time is because you know, I was hanging out with you this weekend. You helped make this experience. All right, uh, before you start kissing my ass, let's, right. let's, let's turn this around full circle, sir. All right. You and I went on a journey together. Yeah, a journey did. that I have been on several times. This is your first time yeah. up the mountain, so to speak. Yes, sir. So, I want to bring this back full circle like it just said. What did you learn? What did you wish that you had done differently? And what are you looking forward to doing in the future for your comic book experience or Comic Con experiences? All right. Well, uh, what did I? Then you can kiss my ass. <laughs> what did I learn? I learned. Uh, I learned that uh, if you want to see Kevin Smith in his panel that you should get in line about four or five hours early. Yes. <laughs> uh, I learned that uh, uh, people, that, that cosplay uh, folks are really cool and really nice and really creative, uh, and they love posing for pictures. It's always best to ask them, not just jump in front of them with a, you know. It is best to ask them, and, and you know, they, they dressed up in costume. They, they're happy for the attention, but it's still polite to ask them. There's always that one jerk that did dress up but doesn't want people to take pictures <laughs> of him. I don't understand that jerk. Stop going to Comic-Cons. Uh, I learned that if you want to buy merchandise, uh, wait for the last day because not only will it be less crowded, there will be discounts because a lot of the uh, exhibitors don't want to leave you know, with all of their merch. They would rather sell stuff if they can. Uh, I learned that, uh, you know, it's... Walking, sitting in on a panel, even if you don't know what it's about or who they are, can be really cool. Like uh, Anthony and I, we walked into a panel. We were going to the panel we were going to. We got there early. Um, it, it ended up being a, a panel about uh, I don't even I, I don't know the overall theme, but it, the theme appeared to be you know uh, minorities in in the, in the comic book industry. It was really fascinating. I, 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 you know, I really enjoyed it. I didn't recognize the other panelists, but I did recognize Hannibal Taboo. He's a uh, an excellent writer. He works for, uh, or he does stuff for ComicBookResources.com, and uh, he also won a talent contest for um, Top Cow. Oh, that's cool. And he was really, he was really great on the panel too. And so, so I mean, it's it's cool to find panels that you're interested in. But also, I learned that you know, don't be afraid just to pop in on a panel because it might be, it might be, it might be better than a panel that's you know, popular with a with a packed house. You know, uh, I learned. What else did I learn? I don't know. I 
I learned that uh, take cash. Yes. Take cash. Because the one thing about my, my Buffy figures is uh, he only took cash. I didn't have enough cash on him. I had to find an ATM. And uh, not too surprisingly, you know, it was, it was one of those ATMs where it was a, it was a, you know, four dollar service charge. Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been five dollar oh, service wow. charge. But um, so whatever, whatever discount I got probably balanced out with the stuff. But again, you know, I was still, I, I was still fine with it. Um, oh, I almost forgot. I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, uh, my, you know, Anthony was. Re Anthony bought me a gift. He bought me Tromeo and Juliet. I almost forgot about it too. Bought yeah. me Tromeo and Juliet, yep. and uh, like the big shot he is, uh, you know, you uh, you brokered uh, a meeting uh, with with myself and the and Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman, the the, the kingpin of of Troma, what is it, Troma Film, Troma Pictures. Yeah, Troma Entertainment. And uh, and Lloyd, he, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure I'm sure it's just part of what he does, but. He was so cool and so gracious. Couldn't have been any nicer to me. And this was before Anthony bought the DVD. So it wasn't like we bought the DVD, let me be nice to this guy. He was nice, and then we bought the DVD, and he was nice again. He signed it for me. Uh, we you know, took a picture with him. So just, you know, just a, just a really Shout good... out to Stacy. Stacy was awesome. Love meeting Stacy. Uh, who, who, uh, Stacy, she works for Troma, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe she's... Uh there um, um, but she's she's awesome uh, I, I also learned that the great majority of people who have booths at Kamikaze uh, look very depressed <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I because you know I guess they get there and uh, you know if they're not immediately recognizable no one's really paying attention to them uh, which I mean you know it, it, it sucks I actually made a point of chatting with a, with a couple of people who, you know, they weren't getting any attention, and they were cool, and, you know, and it wasn't me taking pity, I mean, I guess to a certain degree, but, I mean, you know, I, I was only doing it if they had a booth that looked interesting, and it was cool, and they were, you know, and it was nice. Um, I'm, there might be other lessons, but that's, those are off the top of my head, these are things that I learned from this experience. I learned to always bring cash for parking, because that's what I forgot yeah. to do today, and Martin was cool enough to, uh, take care of that so thank you my pleasure this parking was ridiculously expensive <laughs> oh, it was really bad um 25 bucks like we paid 25 bucks for two days in a row right and uh the first day i was there it was only 15 but still 15 for parking yeah man it's so ridiculous but um yeah we uh we also learned that ando from from heroes is kind of a pushy guy. Kind of a oh yeah, kind I, of a pushy guy. I forgot that. Yeah, so if you uh, if you're a fan of heroes, he was uh, Hiro, uh, Hiro Nakamura. Was that his name? Yeah, he was Hiro Nakamura's uh, friend. He was his sidekick, and um, he was part of the. He was he was at the booth with the with Miracle. Yeah, for something called the Nobility Project, and we were kind of in his way. Yeah, kind of in the yeah. I mean, were we in his way? Yeah, yes. we probably were. Could he have been cooler about asking us to get out of his way? See, he didn't even ask. He just kind of, like, pushed us off. He was just yeah, like, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, so... I, I kind of have issues with people that, you know... Like, I get it. Like, if, you know, somebody doesn't move immediately and, you know, you've asked them. But, like, ask. I'll move. Yeah, I'll, he didn't even ask. No, no, he just kind of, like, pushed aside and said, you know, excuse me, excuse me. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of lost points. But. Yeah, me too. But luckily, immediately following that, well, actually, the, 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 the interview with Miracle happened. He was he was pushed we mid interview. He was yeah, being, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah that the, the interview it was so cool that I got to meet her that I for at least a little while I forgot about the uh, the sour exchange with the with the whatever his name is. Yeah, he could have been like telling us to move, like asking us to move, like for like two minutes, and we were just like so enamored with you know the miracle that is. <laughs> the beauty that is miracle. <laughs> I'm tired. No, that, I thought you were. I thought you were playing with the with their name. Or I liked that. <laughs> the miracle that is the, miracle. The miracle that is miracle. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uh, to shining your shoes a little bit because because truly, this would have been. I, I really do think this would have been a fun experience if I went by myself, but because I got to spend this weekend with you uh, at Kamikaze, it really didn't amplify the fun, and you really did make it. A more full uh, and fun experience, and I mean, amongst other things, I wouldn't have met DMC. I wouldn't have met Miracle if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't with you this weekend. Uh, and plus, just hanging out with you, it really was cool, man. So, so I really want to thank you for sort of, you know, sharing this experience with me. It was super, it was super fun. The going to the the conventions is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I, I love them. They're exhausting, uh, mentally and physically. Um, but I, I love. I think my favorite thing to do. Uh, at those conventions is to bring people who have never been. Yeah. Because I'm kind of almost living vicariously through them. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, thank you for, for coming with me on this journey. Thank you for, you know, being very, very cool. Like, we never had any issues. We never had any, like, oh, well, you know, you want to do this, man, I want to do this, man. <laughs> it was just very casual, very, you know, awesome. And, yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely great. Like, I like to refer to myself as the... Uh, the, the Doctor Who of, of conventions. Like, <laughs> I need companions to go with because it's just not the same going alone. And I would have gone alone. I would have been, you know, all alone. You kind of stepped up and became my, my companion. My, my uh, you know, Rose Taylor, or Tyler. <laughs> my, uh, you know, Amy Pond, if you will. My Claire Edwards. So they're all female characters. <laughs> So I'm, I'm the girl. I got it. Yeah, I yeah. got it. Well, listen, brother. I'm I'm happy to be here. I think we make for good comic comic con companions. This won't be our last con together. Let's let's put it that way. Alrighty. All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, if you have any uh, uh, any shopping to do, do it on Amazon.com. Specifically, go through the website on MartinStrapShow.com. Click on, the ba- uh, click on the banner, do your shopping. You know the deal. Um, uh, if you're not subscribed to the show on iTunes, please do, please do that. You can also check out the show on Stitcher. Uh, and uh, any, anything you want to throw in, Anthony, before we wrap up for good? Uh, well, um, some big news. Uh, Patch Hawkins, number one, is available on Comixology. It's the book that I edited and uh, me and Scott Joseph, uh, you know, created. And um, we... Uh, we're very excited about that, so check it out on Comixology. And um, follow me on Twitter at ThisGameCheats. Um, and check out our website, www.pandafuzzinc. That's I-N-K.com. And uh, what else? I, oh, yes. Um, I do a lot of writing for Fanboy Nation, so go to fanboynation.com and uh, check out contributors check out what you know Rob RC Samo is doing um, you know and, and 
we'll have some, uh, some great podcasts coming out of that shortly. Um, you know, I, I know somebody who's pretty interested in joining our little, our little group. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, we're, we're... That's, uh, that's very intriguing. I, I, I look forward to learning more about this. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of leak more about that later on. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's all that I've been up to recently. Awesome. All right, my friends. Well, thanks again for joining us this week on the Marginal Strap Show Podcast Hour. Thank you, Anthony Ray Bench, for being on the show again. Thank you, Mark. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, until next time, I will see you on the other side.